Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hi, I'm Gail. Hi, I'm Catherine. And we're delighted to welcome you to today's episode of Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Our signature is featuring women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who lead lives that illustrate inspiring ways to learn, contribute, and make a difference as they age. The 30-minute conversation with our guest will focus on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance. So today we're thrilled to shine the spotlight on Yanya Abi. Yanya Abi is 86 years old. She lives in Switzerland, and challenges have always shaped her life. Life as a transformational energy healer is a relatively recent chapter in her life. Born in Poland before World War II, Yanya only knew war and strife during her childhood and early teens. Her adult life in West Africa was in the midst of civil war in the 1960s. Her life tragically changed when her husband died in a plane crash, and again later when her only child was murdered. There was no more human logic to lean on, no more hope to hold on to, no one to live for, and she had to search deeper than ever in order to survive. At first, Yanya's story seems to only be one of tragedy. However, at 86, Yanya Abi continues to evolve and grow, becoming ever more able to give of herself to serve others. Our thanks to Christine Closer from Get Your Book Done for introducing us to this remarkable woman. So, Yanya, welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. And oh, thank you, Gail. <laughs> thank you for that beautiful introduction. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, Catherine and I would like to start today by asking you how living in the midst of war and civil strife the way you did shaped you. Well, um, living anywhere actually shapes your life always. And living, living in war and strife just shapes it in a different way to most people's lives who have had a peaceful childhood because you develop certain habits, habits of thought and habits of being that are not quite the same as, um, as if you were not continually in contact with war and, and strife and concentration camps and, and people being put in prison for no good reason at all. Could you tell us just a little bit about what that actually means to you? In terms of the habits. In terms of the habit, well, yes. I'll give you an example. You know, when I left Poland, I was 11 years old. And um, I finished up in England in a boarding school without knowing the language and, um, you know, having no family around. So that was um, quite challenging. And when I learned a little bit of English, 
I could follow the conversations of the other kids. And at one point, I heard a conversation where they were talking about somebody who had been put in prison and what a bad person he must be um, in order to be put in prison. And they would never want to meet anybody like that. Mm. And I was simply horrified. Mm -hmm. Because my, in my experience, people who were put in prison were always all the good people, <laughs> the patriots, the, people, the university professors, the teachers or the priests who were teaching truth principles. Those were the people that were put in prison. And they were the people I would most like to commune with. And here I am in a strange country that has this incredible idea that people that are put into prison are bad people. I just didn't understand it at all. Mm. Wow. That's, that's, you know, when you think about it, we do think here, we consider people who go to prison bad people. And yet, what you're saying opens my eyes really for the first time to the fact that that there are all these people in in countries that are are experiencing civil unrest all the time that are being put in prison because they're standing up for human rights and for their countries and for uh, all of that. That's exactly right. So this is how living in cert under certain conditions when you're young just shapes your idea of the world and you make a map of the world by which you can then navigate uh, in the most uh, comfortable way possible for you. Mm -hmm. And that map is really very different to what the truth is. <laughs> because it, it is based on your own perspective, right? Exactly. It's based on your own perspective and it's different for everyone. And a time comes in our life, you know, we all have the experiences we're meant to have. It's not that it's a bad thing to be faced with war and strife when you're young. That is exactly what these people who are faced with that need for their development and for what their sole purpose is in this lifetime. Yanya, when did you come to embrace that philosophy? Um, I would say at about, I started learning about it when I was 75. Mm. <laughs> not very long ago yeah when i spoke with you um a, a week or so ago you talked about having studied many different modalities yes of healing and treatment yes. and, and i wonder if you could just give us some kind of brief overview of the the, the different uh, modalities that you've studied and and i think you're at a point you come to a point where you've created your own yeah well i have started um i have i started with quantum touch actually and that was that was very, my very first experience of energy healing and i thought it was absolutely wonderful mm -hmm. 
and I've done a bunch of their programs. And there came a time that um, I decided it just wasn't good enough. There must be something better. And, um, and so the next modality that caught my attention was signature cell healing. Signature what kind of healing? Signature cell healing. Cell, uh-huh. C-E-L-L? C-E-L-L, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, and I traveled to Hawaii to go to take a course. And um, yes, it was, it was powerful, but it, it required an awful lot of um, um, intellectual studying you know, studying books and studying anatomy and all that kind of thing, that not only I wasn't willing to to do it because I was then over 75 years old, (laughs) but but, um, I thought that quite frankly, there must be something better than just looking at body parts. Mm -hmm. You know, so... I did the course, it was useful for a little while, and then I, um, I moved on to another, to a quantum healing disciplines uh, with Joe Dunning, and I, I did a whole lot of her programs, and that was absolutely out of this world. Mm-hmm. And the and- next thing was the emotion and body code, and what is that? The emotion and body code, it's, 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 a, it's putting together the emotional part of, of us and the bodily part of us, how emotions get trapped in the body and actually cause a lot of disease, illness, um, aches and pains. In fact, everything that we have, I would say, 95% of the time, all our diseases and illnesses and um, uncomfortableness in the body is caused by emotions. Mm-hmm. I'd like to step back for just a moment and ask you, how, how did you come to want to do this work? At age 75. At age 75, right. How did you, wow, yeah. How, how <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this work? Well, I had been doing spiritual work since my husband died, and especially since my son died. And I thought it was, it was all good, you know, that I was doing what I was supposed to do, and I was happy doing it, um, spiritual work. And studying spiritual aspects, but obviously that was not all that I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. because at some point uh, I got a, a, a really a, cha- a physical challenge. My foot started swelling, became terribly painful. Um, no doctor could fathom what it was, and the swelling was creeping up to my knee. Mm. It was bright red. And my leg looked like an elephant's leg, quite frankly. It was just something incredible. And it came out of nowhere. 
it came out of nowhere. I hadn't done anything to it. Mm -hmm. Antibiotics didn't work. Doctor said they just simply don't know what that is. But if it continues, they will have to amputate because it can't go on. Mm -hmm. And so since I was already on a spiritual path, I turned to God. I said to the doctor that I'm not ready for amputation quite yet. <laughs> and I turned to God, you know, asking, what is it that I need to know to shift this? What is it that that I need to do or, or not to do in order for this to shift. And I was sitting basically in meditation on the subject and um, all of a sudden two, two people dropped into my head together. Those two people I had met um, a few years back and on completely separate occasions, I think the first one was a healer and a, and a medium mm -hmm. and who told me he was up on stage, you know, doing a presentation and I was just listening and I joined him in the intermission. He was talking to a group of people uh -huh. and, and then he turned to me and pointed right at me and said, you're a healer. <laughs> and I... I'm afraid to say that I burst out laughing because I, had, I was not a healer. I didn't want to do it. I wasn't interested in it. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember that all my life I had been totally avoiding any contact with people who had any kind of illness or disease or any kind of, um, you know, physical problem like that. I just wasn't, I wasn't, I, I just, it just wasn't my thing. I knew I couldn't do anything about it. I was just keeping away from it. Mm -hmm. And the second person was also a healer. And as she met me, the first thing she said, you're a healer. <laughs> and again, I said, no, I'm, I'm not a healer. I, I know absolutely nothing about it. And... At that time, I did not even remember that I had been told that already. Hmm. It was completely out of my consciousness. Hmm. And so when I got this problem in my foot and I was asking God what to do, those two people just dropped into my head together and I heard the words they said, you are a healer. Hmm. And, you know, at that point, the penny dropped. And I thought to myself, if I'm supposed to be a healer and I'm not doing it, then the problem must be because I'm not being a healer. <laughs> it's just logical thinking. <laughs> and immediately, you know, there wasn't any thought involved in it. I, I just turned to God and I said, if I'm supposed to be a healer, I'll do it. But you have to bring me everything I need to know because I simply don't know where to start. And so with that, I went to bed. It was evening time. A little happier than I was before, but in another way, even more, more disquiet had turned in because 
I had committed, totally committed to doing something I had no clue as to how to do or where to go and get any knowledge. You know, it was, it was not a comfortable situation. And, and what made you think that you, you had to follow this path? Why, why did you feel that, that uh, what, what was said to you was your path? What, what, what inside of you was telling you that, that there must be something to this and I should follow it? Because I was in the tract of asking God what to do. Mm -hmm. And this insight came. I mean, I got the picture in my mind of those two people, even though I, I had met them way apart, two years apart, I think. They came into my head together and they said the exact same words that they had said to me years earlier. It was absolutely evident to me that this was what I was supposed to be doing. So, Yanya, I think, do you uh, refer to yourself as a transformational energy healer? Yes, I and, think that and, would be correct, yeah. And how, can you, so tell us a little bit about how that, that how, what that work is like for you now. What do you, what do you do? It's very difficult to, to say what I do because I don't actually do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I work with people um, remotely. Mostly I, I don't uh, even see them. I, I live in Switzerland. They're, a lot of them are in Australia and in America. And I talk with them over Skype mm -hmm. and if they if and I try to fathom what the um, what are the emotions that have been stuck in their body mm -hmm. to cause the the pain or the ache or the illness or whatever it is that they say they have you know, what is the emotional cause? Because you can treat any symptom by medication, but the symptom is not the actual cause of the pain or the disease. Mm -hmm. It's just an outpicturing of it. And if you just release that with, with medication, the cause is still within the body of the person and it will just manifest as some other pain or some other illness. Because so long as a cause is there, it will be causing discomfort. It's mm -hmm. as simple as that. How do these people find you? Well, nowadays I have a, I have a website. What, um, is, what is your website? My website is www.yanyaab.com. And A-B is A-E-B-I. B-I, that's right. And Yanya is J-A-N-I-A. -A. Yeah. Yeah. So, our so that's my website. How, how to reach you, yes. Yeah, and people can absolutely reach me through that. Uh -huh. And, um, but mostly I think it's by... Word of mouth. Mm -hmm. I started off as a healer 
you know, without a website, without anybody knowing me, just healing on friends and relatives, family and friends. And then people told somebody else. I also work with pets. I love working with pets. Well, wow. Say more about that, because we are both pet lovers, as many oh, people yeah. are. Yeah, I've had uh, two dogs in my life, but right now I don't have anything anymore. But it, I think they're the most wonderful mirrors for us of, of the love we should be giving to us and to everyone else. I mean, when a cat or a dog looks at you with absolute love in their eyes, you know, it's unconditional love they're teaching us. <laughs> That's right. So how, how, just how do you work with a, uh, with a pet? Um, I hold space. I also find out uh, what are the um, emotional um, triggers that have caused their, their problem and release it just like I do for, for people. Ah. I'm curious to know, you, you've lived in so many different places. You've, you've lived in, obviously, Poland. You lived in, in West Africa. You lived yeah. in England. You've lived in Switzerland. Uh, am I missing anything? I've lived in France also. Okay. Yeah. So did any of your life in any of these locations like pre did precede your thinking about yourself as a healer in some way? Never as a healer. Uh-huh. Never. As a spiritual person, absolutely, yes. I was always drawn to spirituality. I've always believed in um, in uh, things like the uh, like uh, the thousand and one um, Arabian Nights. You know the stories in there. Yes. Yeah, I always believed that. Even as a child, you know, I was reading those stories and I was telling my mother that's absolutely possible and she said no it's just imagination it, it can't be possible but i knew it was you know i absolutely believed it and now i know it's possible <laughs> <laughs> so so what is some of the work that you were doing while you were living elsewhere before you became got into your 70s and started to and so i was i was just working as the personal assistant to the CEO in Lagos, Nigeria, in administration. Just just a normal job, you know, like everybody has. Uh -huh. <laughs> and when I came back to, um, to Switzerland, to Europe, put it that way, to Switzerland, because I didn't go back to England after my husband died, I had been living in Africa for 20-odd years. 30 odd years yeah and um, I was simply not aware of all the technology that was um, that was being used in Europe and in America you know I mean uh, computers the word didn't exist mm -hmm. um, all I'd ever had was an, a mechanical typewriter not even electric <laughs> not even electric 
And I came to, to Europe in, uh, in 81, 1981, uh -huh. without knowing an electrical, um, electric uh, typewriters existed, without knowing computers existed, without knowing any of that. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I had to find a way to, to earn my living because I had to have a job. I had a son that was 13 years old and I had to work. So finding a job wasn't, wasn't easy because I just had, I had to learn everything. And um, yeah, and I was traumatized at the time anyway. But I managed, everything went well. And uh, my son grew up and then he, he got murdered. When just at the time when he was going to, to um, start his own company, investment company, because he was brilliant at investments. Mm. Um, and how old were you at the time, Yanya, when, he was, when your son was murdered? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. I would have to really count. Okay. But I must have been um, oof, 16, 16. I don't know. Uh, 33, 43, 53, 63, 70, 83, 93, I must have been 63 or something. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine how you survived all of that. Well, I had help because without spiritual help, you cannot survive all that. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any way you can survive it without God's help. And um, if you totally turn to God, um, then help in some way or other does come. Tell me about how you, how you met Christine Closer and, and how you got into writing a book. Oh, my goodness, Christine Closer. Yeah. Um, I I was then, uh, I can't tell you how old I was when I met Christine Closer. I don't know. <laughs> it was more than 63, okay? <laughs> now we've got to 63. It was more than 63. Yes. I met her at a workshop with, um, with somebody I, um, I still, I love and I, I appreciate and I still work with. And his name is Ken Stone, and we met at one of his workshops. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. And I didn't know her at all. And we actually we were riding up the elevator to our respective rooms, so we got to into a conversation in the elevator. And she asked me what I was doing, and um, and I said I was um, I was a healer. And that I was just thinking of writing a book. <laughs> and so she said, well, isn't that something? When, you, when you've got your book, um, email me. She gave me her card. She said, contact me, email me, because I'm a, um, I publish books. Mm -hmm. So if you need any help, turn to me and I will do what I can. So um, 
I was so when the book was almost finished, I I did contact her and got into a conversation, told her about what 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 the book was about, and the book was actually it's called Your Infinite Power. Yes. And um yeah, it's so it was really about people finding their true power, which is the power of the spirit within them. Mm -hmm. wow. Because the only problem we have as human beings is our disconnection from our spirit and our true power. Disconnection from God or spirit or source, whatever you want to call it. Uh -huh. And so there's only one solution for that. And that is to get consciously connected with spirit again. Mm. Consciously connected, really wanting it and knowing that that is the only thing that is necessary. Mm. You know, Yanni, I remember in our conversation you said one of the uh, benefits of being older is that you have time to give Absolutely. your entire focus to this. Is that, yes. is that true? That is true in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, it's absolutely true. Because if I had had to work all day and had a son, and, you know, if I had met this earlier, I wouldn't have been able to go into it and I would have forgotten all about it. Mm -hmm. Because life is life and it takes over. But when you're older, you know, I, had, I didn't have a son anymore. I had no family. I had the time to consecrate, to really contemplate and meditate and listen to inspirational stuff people are putting out because there's so much beautiful stuff out on the internet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and really give, get the time to really go deeply into it. And then when you become that healer, you get less and less time for that. <laughs> for your own <laughs> for your own meditation and all. Yeah, but by then, you've done enough of it to know that the most important part is that connection. Mm -hmm. So you make the time, you have less clients, you know, you get, um, uh, you don't accept so many uh, opportunities for speaking or for, for whatever outer stuff you do to get known because I know that my priority is absolutely giving the time and the connection and having that connection with God. So is your book published? My book is published, absolutely. Is yep. there another one on the way? And there is another one on the way. <laughs> And what will that be? Oh my goodness, that will be that will be forgiveness. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because the first book is about, as I said, your infinite power is about reclaiming your power. Mm -hmm. But forgiveness is such a crucial aspect of our lives because we need to we need to forgive not only things that have been done to us, and of course you start with that, 
you, you, some, somebody does something to you, you need to forgive. And it's not easy, um, but it's very necessary. But forgiveness is far, far, far more than just forgiving the wrongs that you may have experienced. In fact, we need to forgive all the good things that happen to us and all the bad things that happen to us and forgive ourselves for our, all our ideas because every idea we have, however good it seems, it is never the perfection of God. It's only a very faint reflection. I mean, say love. You fall in love with somebody and um, you marry them and you, you, you really think you love them. But that love is nothing, nothing compared to the love God feels for you. That love we can feel for a pet or for a husband or for a child is a pale reflection of what real love, unconditional love is. Uh -huh. So forgiveness is way more than just forgiving the wrongs or forgiving the bad things that you see happening all over the place. We need to forgive all the time everything. Yes. As, as um, we start to close here, do you have words of wisdom for our listeners on how to find one's path as life changes the way that yours has? I mean, we've been pretty much talking about that the whole time, but perhaps there's something more specific you'd like to say. Well, um, so let me put it this way. Uh, Personally, I never would have discovered my life purpose of being a healer and never would have had the insight that I had co-created the event of my son's death by asking God for the ability to forgive at a really high level. Mm-hmm. So I saw, I saw the death of my son as an opportunity to actually implement that forgiveness I had asked for when I was a child. I was nine years old then. Mm. And I didn't realize then what I was asking for. But when my son got murdered, I, I got the remembrance of that and I knew that this was my opportunity to implement, to actually do the forgiveness work that was my life path. And so I realized that actually no wrong had been done. Mm -hmm. It was a soul contract and all the players in the scenario, me and my son and that man, we had all agreed before we were ever born that this, that this would happen for the highest evolution of everyone concerned. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. And how they benefited, I don't know. 
humanly, the perpetrator, you know, had a really hard time with it. But personally, I cannot, I am grateful actually to him. I am truly grateful because what he did was at the cost of his own life probably being shot to pieces. Mm -hmm. So what he did for me is, is, is such, such a gift that I can truly love him. It's, mm. it's something that can't be put into words. Well, what you've shared with us today, I know is going to hit home with a lot of our listeners who have experienced loss and, and who are trying to find their way out of the pain of that. And we just thank you so much, Yanya, for giving of yourself and your time today to have this conversation with us. And we look forward to talking with you again, we hope, in the near future. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you, Yanya. Yeah, thank you both so much for the opportunity. I have been really honored to be speaking with you and to be saying all this. And I hope that this is going to be um, a, um, a, a great help to all those who are suffering and not knowing where to turn, mm -hmm. to turn their life around. I would say turn to God and just see what happens. <laughs> Thank you so much. And listeners, we want to hear from you. Please share your thoughts on Facebook at Women Over 70. Ask questions, add to the conversation. Tell us what topics you would like to hear more about and become an active participant in our community. Please invite your friends, family, and colleagues to join in. Our goal is to create an intergenerational conversation. You can access our weekly Wednesday podcast at womenover70.com. And if you know a woman over 70 who would be a great guest, please recommend her to us on our website. Thanks to the School of Continuing and Professional Studies at DePaul University for use of their recording space. And see you next week on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.